0: I, not? <makes noise> I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Huh. Blast from the past, back from the future. So if I put the trigger in the past, it's know you and your future. I'm still hustling, still hugging the block. The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots. I can't be stopped, that's what I told you. I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas. I'm Cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrists light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kids gone bad Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad, uh Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the color diarrhea, uh Tired strings in my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the DeLorean, it's Artie McFly
1: Welcome to the Ricky Show.
2: I love your intro.
1: Thank I guess you. You're so hyped. I so I've been getting roasted. Um, some people are saying that it's like really, really long. Um. No, it's uh, a good intro. It had me, it
2: gave me time to like hit a little some some,
1: some Yeah, Yeah. Um, but- I think it was Ivan or um no, it wasn't ivan I'm lying it was uh, um, orlando label orlando label said that uh, yeah.
2: So what's up? What's up, so what's How you up? been?
1: I don't know. I, I'm, I'm good. How have you been? How's that? How's I'm everything? Good. I
2: just got back from DR.
1: And- I, I saw that. I saw that. How was how did it DR? It
2: was so you? beautiful. It was hot. I needed some sun. My body hasn't seen sun in like eight months. So I got mm. so much needed sun. So okay. Need oh been. my
1: god, there's people already. Oh, plural. Oh, shout out to uh Dímelo. Oh. The intro is fire. Hate is going to hate, don't listen to them. Hate
2: is going to hate, I wouldn't lie to you, it's fire, the intro's fire.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So we're joined by the lovely Jasmine Ruiz, or Slay with Jazz, as she's known <laughs> on Instagram. Let's uh you know, boss. So, uh, comedian, writer, producer... Um, dancer, yes, I got a text message from Ricky Smooth. Um, and he's listen, he heard you were a dancer, um, and he's looking for uh background dancers for Drip Drip What What Baby, his new music single, um, that he premiered on Saturday.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: so him, Macedonia is going to join him on the set. It's going to be a whole production, you know. Rumor has it, Caché is going to be on the record too. So we'll see. We'll see.
2: Yeah, um, I got people on deck. <laughs> I got people on deck. my <laughs> pulling up. How
1: would you get into comedy, Jasmine? Because you started out as a dancer, right?
2: Yeah, dancer I mean, and
1: podcaster too.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm a believer that if you really want to find what your thing is, you need to just try Mm -hmm. everything that you get an itching to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, my first creative endeavor was podcasting. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did that for about a year and a half. Um, As far as being a dancer, I've like always been a dancer. Mm -hmm. And at some point I, it was like kind of just missing from my life. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hard and I'm going to dance. So after I did the podcast for a year and a half, I started dancing. Um, I started a dance vlog on YouTube where I would just document Mm -hmm. my dance journey And I was convinced I was going to be on Chris Brown's tour, getting it popping. Um, And then quarantine hit, and I kind of like, I would put all this time into dance and learning choreo and like hours a day. And Mm -hmm. it kind of made me realize, like, I actually don't want to do this professionally. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I did love doing that, like I would completely lose time, was uh, making funny videos. Um, And I've always been funny my whole life. And you know, quarantine hit, and I was like, I'm going to have to entertain myself. I felt like, you know, I don't know, it felt like a blast from the past almost. You know, when you're growing up, you're bored, you're not allowed to leave, leave the house, you fucking entertain yourself. Yes. Uh, so I was entertaining myself, and here I am.
1: So what was the first, like, all right, so it's hard to go from a dancer to a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. um But you have the personality for it like you're very outgoing and you're actually funny so that yeah, helps when you have that. Works. um but what was the first like what was the first thing you're like you know what i'm gonna do skits on ig or was it like i'm gonna write a comedy or i'm gonna what was the first yeah, thing yeah, you did the
2: process. Mm-hmm. um so it started off with um i'm gonna do funny skits on tiktok and i felt like tiktok was really the platform that that was made for me that Mm -hmm. I had been wanting forever that just, I found it when I found it and I was like, oh my God, this is for me. Everyone here is goofy and dorky Mm -hmm. and that's me, you know, I'm like, I'm a goof Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: I started making funny videos there and I had such a good time doing that. Um, and then as time went on, like naturally, I'm, I'm just a competitive person and I also, I love to learn. Mm -hmm. So I like to elevate whatever it is that I'm doing. So I was like, well, how can I elevate this? Okay, well, I'm going to start writing skits. So then I started writing skits. And my very first skit was the Quarantine series. Mm-hmm. Um, was six episodes, so about six minutes total. And it was literally about quarantine, about how mm-hmm. so many millennials were in quarantine, suddenly like having this epiphany that they hated their jobs because now they have to work from home. And they're like, I don't have any happy hours. I don't have coworkers around me. Actually, this job sucks. Because mm-hmm. so many people realize that, like, once it was taken away, you know, you think you might love your job, but it's actually mm-hmm. the people that you love working with. Um, so I made that and then I said, Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try some stand up. So then I started doing some stand up and then I was like, Well, I'm gonna write my show. And now I wrote a show. Um,
3: okay.
2: So it started just with me being funny on TikTok and then mm-hmm. I just started elevating it slowly. Um, that that that's how it started.
1: How, how does the family feel about it? because you know if you are puerto rican you are latina um when you go to your parents like you know what i'm gonna be a comedian or i'm gonna do this there's there's always that perception like oh you got to be a doctor or a lawyer none of that stuff makes money so h- how they take it
2: so so my mom is very very supportive everyone's very mm-hmm. supportive but my mom also still doesn't understand why i never became a psychologist like oh. I went to uh, Barnard college and mm-hmm. I got my degree in psychology and you know, at that time I thought that I wanted to go get my PsyD, D and I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to go open up my own practice. Um, but when it actually came to applying for the program, I just, I literally couldn't do it. I was just like, mm-hmm. my heart wasn't in it. And I've always been a creative growing up. She knows mm-hmm. that I've always wanted to dance. I've always wanted to like put myself out there. I've always been a performer. Um, so she's very supportive and at the same time though, she's like, just don't quit your job. Like mm. you quit your job when you have enough money coming in. When money's sure coming in. Make sure the money's <laughs> flowing in graciously, abundantly. Mm-hmm. You can't just quit your job. So I'm like, all right, I understand that. And every day I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm going to go quit and follow my dreams. Everyone's doing it on TikTok, but I just can't mm. do it. It's not making sense yet. I'm going to quit and have zero dollars. <laughs>
1: So a friend of mine just recently quit his TikTok job. Um, he posted, Plural is actually watching right now, probably is watching right now. Uh, he quit his job um, to, to pursue his dreams, uh, and he has his own brand called Plural, and now he's working on that full time. Do you yeah. think you're at that point where, or, or is that the goal for you as well? Like,
2: Yeah, it's definitely, definitely the goal, Um so right now my my goal like i have short-term goals long-term goals but if i were to like just summarize it up quickly you know i want to um build awareness about mm-hmm. myself my brand who i am the many things that i do mm-hmm. and i want to sell my show i wrote mm-hmm. a show and I'm, I'm trying to get it on hbo netflix i'm, I'm trying to get it somewhere mm-hmm. and um the way that i'm doing that is i'm putting myself out there through as many avenues as possible so okay. I'm putting myself out there by building up a following on TikTok, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I'm taking this class at SVA, the School of Visual Arts, where I'm learning mm-hmm. how to pitch to executives, and okay. I'm doing stand-up so that people can see my face and be like, "Oh, you want to come see me in real life? Come feel this energy, catch this vibe." <laughs> um, so that that yes, and like I'm also trying memes, to make-
1: commercials,
2: and yes, yes, I'm on backstage. I book gigs mm-hmm. on backstage, modeling commercials, um. Sending out my media kit. So yeah, the goal is definitely to quit and like I am my own business. To mm-hmm. continue doing the things that I love, getting paid to do that. Whether it's like making a funny video and being hired for that, or being hired to be in a show, or selling my own show. That
1: that's mm-hmm. the. Goal. Five years from now, are we gonna say, Jasmine has an outstanding Netflix special, or a successful uh, show on television? So comedy has so many avenues.
2: I'm going to have a successful show. I'm not Mm going to have a stand-up, like, special on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, I like stand-up. It's fun, and it's something, you know, it gives people an opportunity to see me in real Mm -hmm. life. And it gives me an opportunity to also engage with people. Like, I love looking at the audience and
3: getting
2: (laughs) back. It's like a relationship. You know what I'm saying? I quit, but I'm not making any real bread yet. <laughs> yeah, it takes time. So when I quit, I'm gonna have to make sure I have like a nice little pocket of savings. I'm gonna need Bitcoin to go up, So
1: I'm-, I'm pretty sure uh, Bobby is gonna be okay. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be fine. <clears throat> so, so
2: yeah, not a special, but I will have my show. It's mm-hmm. coming, and it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. I'm not I'm not even worried.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna ask you the awkward question that all comics have been getting. Yeah. So the slap, the famous, the famous slap. The, mm-hmm. the famous slap.
2: I'm Team Chris. I'm Team Chris.
1: Okay. okay. Is that because you do stand I mean, I, I'm 100% with Chris Rock. Comedy is a space where you have to be allowed to express however you feel, your views, yeah. everything. If you're mm-hmm. going into a space where a comedy show is being done, you got to understand, you're going to see some shit that might piss you the fuck off. Or something yeah. you might yeah. not like. But that doesn't give you the right to go. Because Chris, Chris is working. but
2: he, I, He's doing his job, job. first off first off i don't even know if chris knew jada had alopecia so i think it's a little presumptuous of them Mm -hmm. to assume that the world knows jada has alopecia just because she's on the internet Mm -hmm. talking about it that doesn't mean chris is checking for her and knowing all of that you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so i felt that was a little presumptuous second i just took like what gives you the right what gives you the right you know if if i'm doing stand-up and so And I say a joke that offends someone, I'm going to be really mad if they think that they could get a pop because of that. And I've oh. also been on the receiving end of that. Like, I remember I did a stand-up show and mm-hmm. there was a stand-up comedian that went before me and he said a very inappropriate joke. And okay. I don't even want to repeat it. And he said a very inappropriate joke. And I was sitting in the front row, so, you know, whatever. They always pick on people in the front row. It was yeah. a and um, I was just like, oh. Now, I wasn't going to be unprofessional and ruin his time on the stage. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be unprofessional and pop off with him after. Mm -hmm. I was going to be a professional about it. So when I got up there and I did my time, I Mm -hmm. came at him way harder. And the audience was like, yo. So I beat him at his own game. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he apologized. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's okay. Comedians make mistakes. I'm not going to be mad about it. It's water under the bridge. But you know, you, you, you can't just go out there slapping people. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm team Chris all the way. And yeah, we'll, we'll bug it.
1: And Let, I, let's I'm flip, flip the back coin, back. though. So we all know Will's had a, a, a rough year
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the uh, entanglement and putting all their lives out there. Do you think it was more of a situation where and I haven't even spoken about this thing because I I, I felt like. It was more of a mental health issue. I feel like Will is hurting. Um, That's one. And I feel what he did was wrong. And I think he has owned up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like people have, like, dismissed him immediately. And um, I kind of feel bad for him in a sense where uh, he ruined his own night. And that's going to be... Yeah. So, um, on the flip side, do you think that the whole... Jada Pinkett talking about August Alsina and all that stuff played into it. He's originally in the shot. He's he's laughing at the joke.
2: I don't think I don't think it was about the Jada and August situation. I think you know he saw that his wife rolled her eyes and she he knows he probably know he knows mm-hmm. her better than anyone. He knows that that's a very sensitive topic for her. And seeing her hurt, I think he felt like it was his duty as her mm-hmm. husband to defend her. I think okay. it was as simple as that. He loves her, and he doesn't want to see her hurting, even if it is just supposed to be a joke. And he didn't want to see his wife be the butt of anybody's joke. I get it. I don't. Mm. I mean, I don't agree with him going up there and slapping somebody, but I understand, mm. you know, it, it it makes sense. But
1: There's a plethora of ways he could have handled it. After, yeah, afterwards. He,
2: he, he did it behind backstage, you know?
1: And, like, it's like he doesn't know. He knows Chris Rock.
2: Also, it's like a catch me outside.
1: Like, not even. I think that Will could have been like, bro, let me talk to you backstage. Let, let's have this conversation. He yeah. should have handled it as a grown man. But I do think that he was at that boiling point where, again, I, I do feel it's the pressure. You know,
2: if, if, it, if it is the pressure, it's the pressure from people. Well, people. Yeah. But they brought that out to themselves. No one told mm-hmm. them to go air out their dirty laundry on her bed mm-hmm. table top. No one said that. What, like, what, why would you put your own business out there and then be mad when people are discussing your business?
1: I think it kind of comes with the territory when you're a celebrity. So um you're no, an, you're a you're an aspiring, you're an aspiring comedian. Mm-hmm. So honestly, people are gonna want to know about your personal life once you're because comedians they let go of some shit on stage. They do.
2: We we work um, on trauma. Mm-hmm.
1: So once you expose or you let an audience into that part of your personal life, I mean you're you're opening yourself up to that. Do you feel like that's a because that's a sacrifice that you make in fame. Like sure. you're no longer a normal person. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you think you would deal with that situation? And would it bother you?
2: I don't think I don't think I don't think I would be bothered by a joke. Mm-hmm. And I, I really mean that because, like, I went to college, and in my college, mm-hmm. like, I, I went to Barnard and Columbia's right across the street. So mm-hmm. Barnard is Columbia's sister school. And they would have, like, the marching band that would do this whole comedy set this Mm -hmm. one night. And Barnard, being an all-girls school, they used to make, like, a lot of misogynistic jokes. But I've always been a funny person, and I've always liked dark humor. And a lot of people would be upset by their jokes. And Mm -hmm. even, even, like, way back then, I was never upset by the joke. Like, okay, you want to make a joke about a woman making a sandwich? Ha, ha, ha. I get it. You're just trying to be funny. And okay. some people get super sensitive. I don't get super sensitive. Like, I, even to this day, I haven't gotten sensitive about anything, any jokes that may have been said about me online. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say cyberbullying isn't real and I haven't seen some things that's like, you know, but... Mm-hmm. You just you have to let it slide, and I think you have to build a tough skin if you are going to put yourself out there. Because at the end of the day, you always going to have some haters, and people are real miserable. And you could put as much joy as you want out there, but miserable people are not going to accept that well, and they're going to try to rain on your parade.
1: So let me ask you, because you've have had already people comment, and I've seen you strike back where you write the comment, and, and you I always little... regret
2: it. <laughs> I always I always regret clapping back at someone because
1: what, what is the worst thing that you feel like I mean the the worst thing I've ever said? No that you, you've heard and then like that your your response. I mean you gave like it's worst, almost like you want to ignore it but you you got to like shut some people down sometimes. Yeah,
2: like, sometimes sometimes like you're
1: crossing the line with me.
2: Sometimes yeah, sometimes people get um People start talking out their neck because mm-hmm. they're on the internet behind a screen, and mm-hmm. it it does get to you if you really read into those things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like something that someone may have said that really bothered me. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know I have clapped back at a few, and after I've said the clap back, I've never felt good about it. So really, now really, really, I I like I don't I feel like a loser. Like mm-hmm. I just think there's something super horny and like you're wasting your time and like precious moments of life even if it's 30 seconds giving it to, to a hater on the internet uh-huh. you know what I mean like so I, I've never felt bad I've never felt good after clapping back at someone um, and yeah at the end of the day I mean I feel like they got their own problem if you're gonna hate on somebody on the internet that you never even met in real life uh-huh. so I I just feel bad now, now I really do my best to just ignore and sometimes it gets in my head but I'm like eh, I'm, I'm, I gotta push it out
1: so you mentioned you write skits and you do a lot of comedy stuff. Um, who are some of the people that you love to collab with um, besides Dr. G, who we're going to talk about a little bit. And I think you you made Dr. G because he kind of like brings your whole school scholastic stuff into. like I, I, I like that idea. I told you about it. I thought it was cool. Um, and also that uh, audio came out. Uh, you know, I'm not famous because you're not sharing my shit. So, yeah,
3: yeah I you, love you that. You've cooking you know?
1: things like that and, you, and you've, you've made it work for you. Um, what are some things you've written that you like and some collaborations that you love to do?
2: Um, yeah. So, my, my favorite skit I've written till this day is my very first skit, which was the Quarantine series. Mm. Um, I literally wrote that as I was like so depressed. <laughs> so, it felt really good. Like, it felt cathartic to like, be dancing in one thing and I'm just like I'm depressed but I'm dancing this is like bringing me up and um that was like really fun it was really fun I had like all these different things like creating things in my house was like a stack of books and I had to give them all new titles and it was just really fun to create so that's still to this day my favorite skit um collabs of course I always love collabing with Mark Rose Ken um and the squad over there and
1: over there have you pledged your allegiance to the uh have a good night my a, crew I'm or or
2: a solo, i'm a solo flyer i I, I, I
1: know you don't have like a crew like
2: i don't got a crew i don't got a crew Do yeah. my own thing of course i'll collab with anyone um, i mean
1: i know rose is your girl, rose but, is
2: my girl. i love rose she's so yeah. fun uh, um
1: shout out to black rose by the way i, I just black spent rose. the entire saturday with her but like i i know uh like you don't have a crew that's weird like most you know, Imanito got his Section 8 crew. You know,
3: yeah.
1: Chiglet Maleni got their own crew. Uh, Ken got his crew. Commodore got his whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you you work with everybody.
2: I work with everybody. I don't have a crew. I don't know why I don't have a crew. I guess I just... I don't know. I don't know. I haven't met anyone that is like,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: that wants to like literally hit me up every day and be like, yo, what do you want to do together? What do you want to do together? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I mean, you're
1: lying there because I, I was like, yo, jazz." Uh- What's up, I know, bro? I gotta be, I gotta
2: I, be I gotta be <laughs> I gotta be making videos. Because
1: you're a podcaster. <clears throat>
2: I was a you, podcaster.
1: You did a good job at it. Thank um you. and um whenever Ellie's not there, you filled in I think once or twice. I filled in once. I
2: filled in once. The other times One. it just mm, never worked
1: out. Yeah, but um I'm always like, yo, you wanna do this full time, let me know. We can make know, this work. I
2: know. You know what? <laughs> you know what the thing is, like I did podcasting for a couple years and I actually stopped it because I mm-hmm. didn't have a co-host and I didn't trust anyone to be my co-host. Um, but now that I'm doing things in front of the camera, like Rick is I, recruiting, I, never, I <laughs> what? Oh, Rick is recruiting. never not work. <laughs> I love that. You gotta keep you always
1: gotta keep, bro. Always.
2: Um, but now that like I'm in front of the camera, I really want to mm-hmm. challenge myself, uh, to, to write and mm-hmm. to produce because I'm, I'm working my way towards my show. Mm-hmm. So I'm challenging myself to stay focused on doing things with video. Um,
1: Are you learning like video editing as well? Yeah, I actually taught myself. And... I
2: taught myself video yeah. editing. Um, I took some courses online at Udemy. Um, mm-hmm. I did all the practice videos. I, I like the
1: fact that this is all self taught. I like I the mean, fact that you could be done. Is yeah. self-taught. Podcasting
2: mm-hmm. was self taught. Uh, dancing, I mean, I went and you know I was part of Urban Dance League. and I learned mm-hmm. from people. Um, but I threw myself in that mix, um, mm. video or self-taught writing. So mm. like I could pull out books right now about like screenplays and how to write a script and how to map your story and mm. all these things. Like I'm hundred percent self-taught. Um, and then I took this class at SVA, which is like, I absolutely loved. Um, so yeah, um, that's really important to me. And if, if there's ever something I want to know and, and I don't know it, I'm I'm going to push myself and go learn it. It's important.
1: Always, never, never, not working. That's right. I'm always working. So if someone is going to go watch one of your sets, your stand-up comedy sets, Mm -hmm. what is your favorite brand of humor? Because you do physical, you do deadpan. There's a lot of things you, or what is your, like, at the core of your essence?
2: I like dark and raunchy humor. Dark and raunchy humor. Like, one's difficult part of the
1: show. Ooh, I, we'll a, get back I, to that one yeah. You know,
2: I, I, went, um, I like dark humor yeah. and I like raunchy humor and I like humor. My my number one thing like when I do stand up is I mm. like to tell stories. And um you know it's not it's not so much as like this is a joke. It's mm-hmm. more like this story is funny and then I throw in some puns and jokes in it.
1: Um, so can I can I put you on the spot and ask you for a story? Cause you know, you always got, I got one always in the front okay, of my head. Oh, yeah. you.
2: So my, my favorite like joke. Okay. That, uh, that I have done on stand up is, um, it, it was about like sex and it's like a fact that, um, like heterosexual straight women
3: mm-hmm.
2: orgasm the least in the world. Wow. And that's really sad. Okay. Like guys ain't doing something right. So- Wait, hold on a
1: second. I was also reading something that, um, this might not be fair, but I forgot who it was. I was watching it. Oh, Kalila on Flagrant 2 with, uh, Andrew Schultz. So Kalila says that she believes a woman first has to figure out where her spot is and, um, get some herself to
2: orgasm yes,
1: get herself to orgasm so she knows how to get to that point when she's with a man Um I don't know if there's some truth to that I but mean, that's her theory
2: there might be a little bit of truth to that but at the end mm-hmm. of the day I feel like men, men need to do a good, a good job okay <laughs> and clearly statistically factually speaking they're just not doing a good job and I, you know, women don't want to hold your hand. Okay, come on, Papi, let me show you. He
1: says that's a fact, so. It, well, it,
2: like, hell, nah, nah, <laughs> no. You can't. You're not, You're not about to blame women for not coming <laughs> during sex.
1: I'm not blaming. I'm just saying. Um, so she was making the point where a woman should know her body first.
2: I guarantee um, you, there's there's women out there that can make themselves come that have never came with a man. Wow. I'm guarantee, I guarantee you that exists. So I'm just like, eh. so that's what my joke was about. Okay. And the joke was that um, I'm pretty sure the first woman to ever come is still alive. <laughs> oh. And she's in the laboratory right wow. now, surrounded by six male doctors trying to figure out how the hell it happened. Wow. That was my favorite, like, raunchy joke.
1: Damn. That's fellas... That is- I don't know, man. Let's get it together. Get it together. Let's get it together. We're losing this war out here. So, uh <laughs> Pal- <laughs> Palmeza, "What's the most difficult part about pitching your show to different companies?"
2: Um. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I haven't pitched to companies yet. So, in my mm. class, I've pitched to I've pitched to two showrunner writer producers, mm-hmm. um, and then they gave me feedback on my pitch, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's why I really love this class. You get to watch other people pitch and. That's in addition to like learning about their own personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think the difficult part is keeping it short and sweet and to the point. Because ideally you want your pitch to be like seven minutes to like 15 minutes max. Almost
1: like max. an elevator pitch. <laughs> seven
2: minutes. Um, actually for like seven, seven to ten. Um, and you want in that time to get across like your characters what is the world that you're building and why should we care why are you the person to tell this story why are we telling this story right now and you really want to answer all the questions that you think they're going to ask Mm. and it can be hard because you know you're really passionate about your story and you know sometimes you get lost in the weeds of getting too much into maybe what happened in the pilot and so for me i think the most difficult part is like keeping it high level and saying as little as possible but at the same time, being very efficient with your words, because you want to give them just enough that they're like, oh, that's good. But you don't want to give them so much that they like start thinking of all these things logistically. How do we do this? Or, oh, my God, what's this and this and this? You just want that. You want you want no questions.
1: Mm. So l- let me ask you this. Is the show that you're working on loosely based on your life?
2: Yes, it is. It's a dramedy. It is a dramedy and
1: dramedy. Give us give us what that is.
2: So it's really funny and you know it's funny with how the characters interact with each other and
1: or people it's funny
2: with how like the main character is interacting with the world around mm-hmm. her and like you hear her inner thoughts sometimes and you know that that's funny because I'm funny my inner thoughts are crazy sometimes mm-hmm. um it's funny and it's drama because you're you're seeing like her home life Like, with her family in the Bronx, you're seeing her friend life with, like, her social circle, and you're seeing her work life, which is, like, corporate America, and none of these worlds are the same. And Mm -hmm. so it's just funny, like, watching her, like, constantly switch between all of them. And the So I'm going to
1: take a page out of Pavel's book. So do you feel like in this show, Mm -hmm. um, when she's at work in the corporate world, that she's not being true to herself 100 percent and playing up the role that she feels she needs to be and then is it is she truly her when she's with her friends um so, so what was that dynamic looking so like? so
2: she's the most her when she's with her friends mm-hmm. um in the corporate world she is herself but she has to like dial it back a little bit um so she but i mean that's really what corporate america is you know and that's like that's just the world we live in. Um, so she does have to dial it back, and but she's not. She's not. She's not phony. Uh-huh. So she does say things that get people like, oh my god, I can't believe she said that. Uh-huh. You know, she does put herself in predicaments where she says things that she's not supposed to, but she has to stay true to herself. And sometimes she's gonna let it come out, even if it's a little rude, and that gets uh-huh. her in trouble sometimes. Um, so yeah, you definitely see her like be mostly herself in some situations and have to dial it back in others um and that's that's just real life that's just good but i bring my my authentic self to work in real life like i'm lucky okay. enough like i've had to like work in some drama into the into the workplace in the show mm-hmm. because like in real life i actually don't have work drama actually i actually am really good with my coping <laughs> and, and shit is all good and shit, shit is all good in the hood okay yeah so i had to i had to throw some spice up in there
1: <laughs> so when you do stand-up do you First of all, this is one of the most nervous things anybody could do. Um, do you go up there clear-headed, or is there some doubt or some nervousness?
2: Um, I try to get pumped.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I try to get pumped. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know. I try to gas myself up a uh-huh. little bit. Um, and if I watch other people go on, I try to like really listen to their set. I don't like to listen to their set and think about my own set. I try uh-huh. to like be present. Um, really?
1: I I, I can't do that because...
2: Nobody does that, which is why uh, if you go to an open mic full of other comedians, it'd be stale. It's just... just,
1: Like, I was watching Gloria Ellis perform, and I found myself laughing and enjoying her set, but I forgot, yo, when she's done, I gotta go up there, and I gotta change... So, I really I like, I had to run upstairs, change into the Ricky Smooth character, and then come back downstairs. But I got lost in it, and I, I had like shit already written, prepped. Um, which I was like, man, she's doing all these jokes. How do I? You, you kind of like, if you do that, you kind of have to adjust your material, you know, because she had her family in the audience. And I was like, okay, so Ricky Smooth allegedly was in DR. So I could play to that aspect that, that you know, because I think her aunt and grandmother just flew in from DR. And it was the first time they're watching her do standup.
3: Got you. So
1: Glory was playing to that, and it was she's great. Um, and I was, I found myself watching her. And as a comedian, you want to know how the audience is reacting to certain things. And if it's if it's if it's hitting and it's going well, you got to figure out how to incorporate some of that into your material. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I get what you're saying.
1: D- does doesn't it throw you off your game when you're like?
2: It does. It does. It does throw me off my game a little bit. Um, I, I'll be completely honest about that. That's why if I do like a, like if I do a bringer show, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't watch or listen to the person that goes. Like I don't listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. I just go up and do my set. Mm-hmm. But like, like an open mic, like I will listen to other people because mm-hmm. I want people to listen to me, mm-hmm. and you know I need to give other people feedback and um, you know laugh at their joke or not laugh is it's not funny.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I and I want the same in return. Um, I feel like open mics are, are a good place where you could connect with other comedians mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to talk to other people at, after after everything's over and be like, hey, I really like your joke about X, Y, and Z. Or, hey, mm-hmm. what what made you say that? You know, to just, just to like network and meet people. So mm-hmm. I feel like if I don't know anything they said, well, damn, I have no talking points. And <laughs> I like when people come up to me and they're like... Girl, that joke was funny, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Actually, I like your joke too.
1: Oh yeah, which one? <laughs> hey, you're like, um, I better, I better,
2: I better know one. Um, um, so yeah, I, I like to be, I like to be plugged in, but I, it does, it does throw you off your game sometimes. And
1: first, and- middle, or last? Which where do you in open mic? Where would you wanna, you wanna start opening up the crowd, or go to a oh, crowd that's um, hot, or?
2: You never want to be first, because I feel like you know everyone's all really? tight up their butt when they when it's when they first sit down. You know, I I just feel like everyone's uptight. It's like it's like when you first step, step foot in the bar, like the bar's not lit yet. You know, you go in mm-hmm. the bar like the beginning of happy hour, it's all right, but you go in a couple hours later, it's like oh, oh yes, so you you want, want a, you want a want
1: a sacrificial lamb to go first before you. And then you see, oh, uh, you know, you did good. You got, let you know got some.
2: First. I think it's cool to, like, wow. get someone that has never done comedy. Like, throw them mm-hmm. so up there and, you know, let let them warm up the crowd.
1: So what is the uh, best advice another comic has told you? And how has it been, you know, you're fairly do to stand-up comedy. I think you got three, three, uh, is it three years? I think it's three or four years. No,
2: I I've been uh, like a year.
1: Yeah, so yeah,
2: I'm pretty new. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: pretty new to stand She's up. like, no, are you? I've been a long time, but like, stand, mm-hmm. up, I'm new. stand up, I'm
1: new. Yeah, because it's a completely different animal.
2: Pretty different.
1: Um, what's the best advice you've gotten from a comic so far?
2: Um, yeah. So, uh Brandon Reeves, he's a really good comic. He just mm-hmm. performed at the Apollo recently. Um. He's actually from my blog. So uh, I would talk to him and ask him for advice and stuff. And, you know, he's taught me a lot, like, about like not putting your whole set on Instagram, for example, like, like literal practice. Crowd
1: work, just people. crowd work.
2: Yeah, like, you know, don't, don't do that. Maybe like put up clips, like help me market myself and like mm-hmm. help myself out there. Um, I have another friend, Juan O'Reilly, and you know, he's watched my stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Um, you know, I think you should work on, you know, this delivery or Maybe mm-hmm. the tone should be a little bit like this, and he's giving me some good construction uh, criticism. Constru- to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I feel like I've had a couple of people really help me out. That's,
1: That's good. So the, the the overall comedy community has accepted you as a standup comedy, the comedy and welcomed community
2: you. Is the most supportive community I've ever seen. Really? Wait, more supportive than any other community out there. They know how hard it is to get up on that stage. Mm-hmm. So they know they really feel you when you bomb and they love you when you win. And they're so, they're just so kind. I've never had a bad experience outside of that one bad joke, but I'm going to let that slide because people make bad jokes. But outside of that, I've never had a bad experience with any comedians. Um, you know, they talk to you after they invite you to things. Hey, I have a show coming or, Hey, i uh, check out my Instagram. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm always booking people, you know, you can come perform where we are. And like, everyone is just so kind. And mm-hmm. I, I really love the Santa Great. So
1: you mentioned bombing has, I mean, has I it happened?
2: Once. I did bomb once. It was a, it was a set on religion.
1: Oh, and, oh,
2: you know people people just they hold religion.
1: Wait, wh- where 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 was this?
2: It was in Brooklyn. I did it at Eastville Comedy Club. Okay. And I mean, I still think it's a great set. Obviously, it's not great because nobody laughed.
1: So, I mean, uh, <laughs> it might be great for a different audience. I mean, maybe that audience was waiting for it, but. Um,
2: I think a good, a good, a good, um, I think a good set can mm -hmm. reach many audiences and what, and like, if I'm going to make a joke about religion, I want people to laugh at it if they are religious and if Mm -hmm. they're not religious. Yeah. So you, I need to be good enough to make a joke that appeases like the idea and the concept of religion without offending people because Mm -hmm. they identify with it. So I just think I wasn't skilled enough to make the jokes that I was making. Um, so that's just, that was just a learning point for me. Um, and it's something I got to work on, but.
1: Would you bring yeah, it back? Would you? Yeah, I would
2: definitely bring it back. I, w- I would love to bring it back because, I mean, I think religion is, is an interesting topic. And-,
1: <laughs> and many of comics have become millionaires just on that topic.
2: Yo, listen, listen, I got, I got shit to say. I got shit to say. I got to say it. I got to figure <laughs> out how to say it because. Somebody gonna hear this. <laughs> I gotta bring
1: back. Really, wow! All right, so let me play a small little commercial break because I'm obligated to. But <laughs> we're gonna play uh, distorted photos when we get back.
2: Okay, cool.
1: And this is gonna be a fun segment for you specifically.
4: You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. And that's why we created the fully reimagined Infinity QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish, and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with, in style. Learn more at InfinityUSA.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information
1: that's a beautiful truck i only wish uh infinity would just you know send me a truck i'll advertise yeah. for Forget
2: a couple of years
1: send me, an ad. Send, you a truck. send
2: me the truck send me the ad you should be in the truck marketing the truck
1: they should send me the truck wrapped with my logo in it and a pop-up studio in the back
2: that's what i'm talking
1: about infinity i'm putting that out there in the universe so let's play the story picture distorted pictures
3: <laughs> I love your little things okay
1: you will see on my screen a distorted photo of yours and you have to try to guess what the photo is who's in it and where in your life is this photo taking place okay. so let's just let's just warm up um, really quickly let's do this one first Ooh, what
2: is this why I'm, I'm i'm literally seeing like yoda in a purple hat i don't mm. know
1: what this is. do you I want know. me to reveal the photo
2: reveal the photo who is
1: dr g and and uh this is one of your characters explain yeah. the, the the conception of dr g um
2: so growing up um If someone in my family, I'm going to shout them out. I don't know if they would like Mm -hmm. that. But someone in my family, me and them would always argue over uh, who had it worse. Mm -hmm. That's not like, you know, no, no, my man, you soft. I had it worse. It's like
1: having the last word.
2: So it was like, it was actually never a funny situation. It was always like me getting violated, like saying I'm soft and me, like invalidating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I should make that a character because- that's mad funny to just be like I'm more gangster than you, therefore you're invalidated, everything you've been through no mm-hmm. problem um because obviously that's not true, and I think it's ridiculous, and that's just that's hood culture because people do that mm-hmm. all the time, and I, I had to make it into a joke because that is what I do as a comedian. I take serious shit that may have been a little painful and I make it funny
1: so will Dr. G be taking house calls um I, and, I, I, and I really will want... we see uh, other individuals sitting on his couch? Maybe Black yes, Rose I
2: really or. I really want to do that this summer. This summer, I want to do that.
1: Okay, maybe Doctor G could take a call from Ricky Smooth. Yo, we'll Ricky see. Smooth. <laughs> we gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. Um, this photo.
2: Oh, that is us at the HBO event.
1: That and that is yeah. correct. That, that is right. correct. That was pretty good. Pretty good event. Um that was fun. I cannot deny it. My ex-co-host is there, Ivan Rose, Joel, Mark, uh, Ellie Jazz, I want you back on the podcast. Where awesome. are you? Ellie, we Ellie, we miss you. The other Jasmine Ruiz. Both <laughs> no, that's so those...
2: crazy we got the same name. <laughs> the <was> wild. exact <laughs> wild.
1: Here's the next photo.
2: Okay. Oh, my God. So the, there's this guy, <laughs> Jigga Jose, and he makes me these funny things. So this is me on a Netflix billboard. Is it? it wow.
1: Is. I mean, it's coming 2022. So when in 2022? I mean, can we say it late or? or?
2: You're going to have to call my publicist.
1: Or Netflix is pushing it back.
2: I, you know, I, 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 I'm not allowed to speak on it. You know, oh, I, okay. I signed an nda
1: okay so uh i have two more
2: okay
1: uh let's go with Oh, that's me
2: no blur oh
1: i messed it up it was this one
2: so this was at my uh my anniversary party for my podcast and mm-hmm. um i felt like a celebrity that day i was like i was on cloud nine i had such a the good logo time.
1: looked pretty um, dope and um, I had so
2: many people come out for me. It was, like, really nice. Like, the seven name
1: seven of the show was pretty dope. I think yeah. you had a great concept and a great show. Um, will it ever come back? No. Daily Dose of bad. Slay.
2: Daily Dose of Slay is not coming back. Um, it was good while it lasted. And for anyone <laughs> that missed it, it is on my highlights on Instagram. Okay. I'll so we'll see what was popping in 2017 we'll had the Daily Dose of Slay. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it was good.
1: <laughs> so this might be a little hard. Um...
2: Oh, that's me and my brother as kids. Are you sure? I'm positive.
1: Now, you're going to have to explain this sweater and uh, the...
2: So, he was clearly eating spaghetti.
1: <laughs> explain this whole photo um, for
2: us. He was eating spaghetti, and I don't know why my mom gave me these bangs, you know, I didn't like i didn't like doing my hair because i was always tender-headed and so mm-hmm. my mom kind of just let me walk around looking like this like a mob you know um so that's what was happening right there mm-hmm. this sweater honestly i didn't have a sister but it was probably a hand-me-down from somewhere because i don't remember going to buy it
1: and, and your brother um
2: my brother i you know this this haircut
1: is like, this is this a picture of who he is? Does this paint a picture of who he is as a person today? Nah, or?
2: nah, a grown as man now, um, <laughs> and he would never rock this haircut. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're rocking this haircut as a grown ass man, you ain't getting no cheeks. <laughs> um, no
1: cheeks. maybe that's a character we in there.
2: Yo, why? Why that do never why grew why up. people give they, give their kids this baldy looking haircut?
1: Uh, i just recently gave my son a haircut where I, I don't know did like it look like this <clears throat> um, so i gave this is what happened this is a sequence of the events so my son uh he's 21 months old or whatever he's about to be two. For
2: why why, said who, 21 why you is twenty
1: one months? Why made me do math in my head? Yeah, I, I you know I'm explaining that real quick. So people who don't have kids, I tell them he's one, he's about to be two. Uh, parents, they like to hear that shit in months for some reason. So oh, how many months is he? Oh, oh, he's if, if he's only like two, three years old, they want to know. Like I think like after two years old, like the the kid is two, he's two and a half.
2: Dude, like damn. He,
1: yeah, no, but they want to. Oh, forty eight months. I'm like, yo, bro. I failed the math, oh, dog. Just uh, let me know.
2: Uh, yeah. um,
1: so, he, my son uh, had a specific uh, status that would do his hair in Queens. And then when we moved to Long Island. We took him to a shop. It, it, it wasn't a pleasant visit. So, I figured I, you know, cut his hair because he didn't want a stranger. <laughs> so, um, the first time I, I, I cleaned up the haircut, and it looked nice, it did, I did a decent job the second time I bought this professional barber clippers and I thought I was like oh my God. the best barber in the world. And I kind of like zipped my own kid and I was trying not to. So then I took him to, by the way, it was, this was for his first day of, How you know, go? daycare. He's
2: almost two, so he don't even know that's good.
1: He doesn't, but, um, so I, I took him to a barber shop to fix the haircut and, i actually did a better job than the barber um
2: he made it worse
1: yeah but it's not the barber's fault you know um why i didn't give the proper instructions on the haircut and then my son wasn't really uh happy to be there um he'll let me cut it he trusts me or like or his mother Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've been through that avenue um
2: just give him a caesar just cut it all off
1: Yes, such a good head of hair. It would be a disgrace to the world to do that. Um yeah, I'm I'm disappointed in myself that like he has the haircut that he currently well, I mean it's growing back, so I'm a little happy about that. Part.
2: you to you know, you should have you should have you should have threw that in here. That should have been on the slide.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I really I mean this is your distorted picture segment, but the haircut. Let's see your brother one more time. Oh man.
2: I don't know why. Apparently. His eyes
1: are the best thing, though, in this photo. Yeah. Was he doing that on purpose? Is he the older out of the two? He's or? older. He's
2: older than me.
1: Are there any other siblings? Um. Yes. Uh,
2: I have seven in total. My dad was a
1: busy man. Mm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So we're going to play uh, the last game of the evening. Is called three, two, one.
2: Okay.
1: Name three things that you have currently been watching 30 rock okay
2: um murderville
1: oh this is like quick you was ready with
2: it yeah yeah i'm i'm currently watching (laughs) 30 rock murderville um and seinfeld
1: really really seinfeld um have you seen curb i
2: haven't seen curb okay curb enthusiasm i know i haven't seen it i'm 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 I mean, this is your first
1: time around the Seinfeld
2: I like Seinfeld and it's just because I never gave it a chance. And Mm -hmm. then once I got into comedy, I was like, I need need to explore the greats and Mm -hmm. I'm still watching it.
1: Who's another uh, comedy legend that you uh...
2: that I like that I didn't like before? Um, Dave Chappelle. I know it's crazy. I didn't like him before. And you know why? I'm like a, you know, you see what type of person I am. I have a lot of energy. And he's so conversational in his delivery that, like, my ADD energy couldn't take it. You know, I, I like I like the Kevin Hart type because he was like, wah, 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 you know. And Kevin
1: is kind of all crazy. like, I think he's a better act comedic actor. And his stand ups are decent, they're good. Um, but
2: now I like Dave Chappelle.
1: But like, Dave what? is like, he'll tell you a joke in the beginning of the stand up special and you'll forget about it. And then he'll laugh. Back around at the no, end,
2: I love when that happens. He's I love such a
1: that. Fucking genius. No mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, you never watched George Carlin? I'm gonna give you some. Homework. I gotta
2: watch, I gotta watch George Carlin. He, I actually I am making a list of like movies and movies mm-hmm. that I need to watch.
1: Okay, so no, you I'm, got a bit I'm, on religion. George Carlin would be a great guy to got you. I'm
2: gonna go look
1: him up. Okay, uh, what are two things you're listening to? Um, it could be music, audiobooks, podcasts, whatever the hell. You want
2: to. Um, I have um Lily Singh's book on repeat. Oh. It's like always, kind of just whenever I drive, I'll throw it on. Um, mm. and she actually just dropped another book, *Be a Triangle*, so I'm gonna get that also. Um, and then the <laughs> second thing, um, I've been listening to a lot of Russ because his concert is coming in May, and I got tickets. And I just discovered Russ in January. I don't know where I've been. And I'm, like, obsessed. I, I love his rap. He's so conscious. He actually has a message. Really? And I
1: don't know who that is.
2: Yo, yo, you're so, missing out. I, I didn't know who he was either. And now it's like he's the only thing I'm playing in my car. Really? Russ. That's, Russ is, like, mad conscious. Like, J. Cole and Russ
1: are... Well, I like, am I love J. Cole. Yeah. If you
2: like J. Cole, you're going to love Russ.
1: All right. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to the recommended. What, okay, one. We're finally at one. One thing we'll be saying at the end of twenty twenty two about jazz. One thing
2: Hmm. that I by the end of this year, I I had I had so many goals. So now now it's like, well, which goal are you going to pick? Because I have a lot that I want to do.
1: So Um, listed,
2: I want I want to pitch my show. So by the end of twenty twenty two, I would have pitched to Mm -hmm. executives. Um I wanted to get into a writer's room. Um I wanted to get more brand deals, which I'm on the verge of because I have my media kit. Um and I'm looking for a co-writer. Um mm. which I would be able to get if I pitched my show and it gets bought, they would help me develop it. Um, but I do I, I like I like working with people kind of like how we were talking earlier, but like I don't have a team. Mm. It's weird because like I'm such an extrovert, like I love working with a team. Um so yeah, I'm looking for a co-writer and those are those are my little goals right now.
1: Interesting. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. TikTok. I'm pretty sure the audience.
3: Thank you
2: for having me.
1: Follow her on Instagram at Slay With On
2: TikTok too. on I- TikTok as TikTok. well. I just hit a hundred thousand followers. I'm so proud of myself how many 100k
1: 100 i just did it on
2: tiktok i was hyped it was the dr video oh, that no. took me over like my Dominican I, I, I mean like,
1: <clears throat> i saw you on your your dot nyc i think they put it up
2: yeah
1: um, yeah they did um and i saw it in other when you start seeing like like i see like rose or ken on other people's shit yeah. and i that specific video, the DR video of yours, I saw it on multiple different pages. Oh,
2: that makes me so
1: happy. So I, I know it hit, but I didn't a hundred thousand.
2: I got hundred K now. Yeah, I'm really happy about it.
1: I guess you're uh can we say that you're uh, a quarter, a quarter Dominican now?
2: <laughs> <DR>. Honorary, honorary. <laughs>
3: I'll take it, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> Follow her on Instagram and TikTok and i'm pretty sure she's doing some stand-up do you have something coming up
2: no i'm working on my new set though
1: oh okay 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 so i will be hosting an event and i'm gonna invite jasmine i did a podcast panel before at the end of august and september i'm doing a big big panel and it's women in media comedy podcasting and everything so um uh, i'll be she came you came to the panel i did Day. okay so yeah i'll be doing a bigger one uh at the end of this year thank you for being on the show thanks
3: for
1: having me uh love the energy i'll catch one of the sets um george carlin for the religion stuff I got you I got you right um and and when i text you like yo jazz i need you on the show
2: you be, you be hitting me the day of the day of <laughs> <up, the day laughs> and i'm like got a thing
1: no I'm just messing with you I know
2: I know I know always recruiting I appreciate the hustle
1: (laughs) I got to I got to I got to um next week we'll have stand up comic Marcy Green on the show hey Uh, season 11 is all about comedy and stand up comedy Jasmine you've been baptized you're an official comedian only comedians this season so uh thank you for being on and uh I'll see you okay. around.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. You know, like, it's like, that. I we talk every once in a while. So, it's like, what, what do you say some, to someone that you, like, it's like me telling Rose, yeah, Rose, yeah, have a good night, you know? Yeah, I don't
2: know. I don't know. Yo, go, 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 to. go do something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. See you guys next week.
2: Bye.
0: Uh, you feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby Let's go All right, check it Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future So if I put the trigger in the past, I know you and your future I'm still hustling, still hugging the block The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots I can't be stopped, that's what I told you I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas Cutting up white, smoking that green. Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream. I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick. My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks. I'm like spoiled milk, the kids gone bad. Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad. Uh, niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad. Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad. Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria. I got the beam of the color of diarrhea. Uh, tired strengths in my feet, cause I'm so fly. Hopped out the DeLorean, it's Artie McFly.